Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. How can I get my attorney to invest in my career development? Good question. That's what I'm going to be answering in today's podcast episode. If you're a new listener, you may have missed episode 44 when I announced a paralegal survey from the Paralegal Bootcamp. Side note. You can still participate in it by going to paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash survey. The data is still coming in, but I've taken a sneak peek at some of the preliminary responses, which is what's led me to this week's topic, how to convince your employer to invest in your career development. Let me start this episode by saying that most law firms, most employers will gladly invest in your career development. All you have to do is ask, but if you don't ask, The answer will always be no. I'm borrowing that quote from Kim Barrett, who was a podcast interview a few weeks ago. So you might be saying, wait a minute, it's that easy? All I have to do is ask? If you've been following the Paralegal Bootcamp or this podcast for any amount of time, you know that we open up the doors to our litigation bootcamp a few times a year. October 4th is the next time that we're going to be doing that. Previously, we had a session, or you could call it a cohort, that started in June, and prior to that, it was January. In the January group, a minimum of four to five people would put down their own credit cards and pay to join the litigation boot camp, and then reach out later to me and say, well, they showed the program to the attorneys, and the attorneys saw the results, and they got reimbursed. The attorneys offered to reimburse them after they'd already put down their own credit card. And the same thing happened again in the June session. In addition to those requests, we also get at least three or four people reaching out to us the day the doors are going to close and they want a PDF copy of the course brochure. They want to share that with their attorney or manager and ask to get approved and they get approved. I also get requests for us to directly invoice the manager after they've told the manager about the course. 
all of those are examples of situations when a paralegal or a legal assistant thought it was going to be up to them to come up with the money on their own. And they were delightfully surprised that that didn't have to happen. Those examples and some of the comments I'm reading from the paralegal survey, the ones that I peeked at, brings me to this question that I want to help with. How do I get my firm or my employer or my attorney, if it's a solo practice, how do I get them to invest in my career development? And it's an important question. Do a Google search on what employee benefit or perk is most important to millennials. Number one is usually schedule flexibility or the ability to work from home. Number two, and sometimes a close tie to number one, is training and development opportunities. Now, I'm going to give you some tips on how to ask and how to prepare to ask. But first, let me give you some insights from a management perspective. First, not all firms have set aside specific budget money for paralegal training. I know. That doesn't sound like a very good thing. And it's not a situation in all firms. But back in the day when I was a paralegal manager, I had a paralegal come to me who wanted to attend some training. I was fairly new to the firm in the management role. So I reached out to the HR department and asked what the budget was for paralegals and what the approval process was. I was told there was no budget money set aside for paralegal training. And this was an AMLAW 200 firm. We're not talking about small potatoes here. I remember at the time responding, whoa, wait a minute, this firm brings in $250 million a year in revenue and has no budget money set aside for paralegal professional development, a firm with over 100 paralegals. Then I spoke to the managing partner who said, well, all you have to do is ask the practice group leader to use some of the funds that they have in their attorney professional development. Lucky for that paralegal, she worked in a practice group that had a good leader and the request for training was approved and they used the funds from that attorney professional development. Now, I know what you may be thinking, and I agree. Why is there a budget for attorney professional development and not paralegal professional development? Look, that can be a whole other episode. We won't go into that. For now, let's stick to how do you get the funds when you need them for career development? I only wanted to tell you that story to give you some insight into what might be happening at some employers and some firms. Maybe there's no, quote, official budget money for paralegal professional development, but they could reallocate some funds from another budget. Insight number two is that many law firms and many employers, not all, but many, have the unwritten policy that if there's budget money left over in any line item, If there's budget money left over at the end of the year, that's an indication that you didn't need all that money after all. So next year, we're cutting that budget line item to what you spent this year. Yes, that actually happens. Perfect example, when I did finally fight and get actual paralegal professional development money set aside, the first year was $10,000, which is not a lot when you consider 100 paralegals. I think there was even more at that time, but at least there was some money set aside. Well, if I had only spent 8,000 of that 10,000, you would think from a management perspective, you'd get rewarded and you'd say, oh, wow, you know, this person did a better job budgeting than what we anticipated. Well, that's not what happens. You don't get rewarded as a manager, you get dinged. And they say, well, you didn't need 10,000. So next year, your budget is 8,000. So keep that in mind. There may be budget money in there that they just don't know that you need it for career development. 
They don't know because you haven't asked. Insight number three, you know, this really only applies to law firms and usually larger law firms in that they don't like to spend money on what they consider to be non-essential expenses after the end of October. Some of them start cutting like in early October. It's almost the opposite for small firms, especially successful smaller firms who want to be able to claim those expenses in that calendar year because they had a really good revenue year. And also for larger firms, those budgets for the next year are getting reviewed and approved around that time, October through December, depending on the firm, which gives you two things to think about. So if you're in a law firm and you know there's a training event that's happening in early January, get it approved and paid for in September or early October if you can. If you know there's a specific training later that next year that might be more expensive than what would be typical, talk to your manager about it before those budgets get finalized so that the funds will be available that following year. Now, one other word of caution here. If you're in a large firm, while those budgets are being calculated and approved in November and December, depending on the firm, of course, they're not usually funded until well into February. So that's going to make it hard for you to get them to pay for something in January if you want to wait until January to ask. It's different at every firm, but I wanted to give you some of that insight from a management perspective when it comes to asking for them to invest in your career development. Okay, so let's assume the stars have all lined up and you're going to ask. How do you go about asking? You're going to want to start with some cold, hard data. You want to be able to answer questions that are going to come up as part of the request. Here's a few of them. One, what is the name and brief summary of the program that you want to attend? So literally write these questions out. I'll include them in the show notes or a summary of them. Obviously, you can't be writing them out if you're driving or riding your bike or going for a walk. But so I'll put them in the the notes. One, okay, so what's the name and a brief summary of it? Two, what is it that you expect to learn or take away from that program? In other words, what skills will you be gaining? Three, what is the cost? It's an easy one. Of course, they're going to want to know the cost. Four, is there a discount if the firm wants to send more than one of you? And that you can usually get from the website or emailing them and asking them, if there's a group discount. Five, when and how will you access the training? In other words, are you going to have to be out of the office or is it a course that you can take online? And if it is online, will you be taking it during the workday from your work computer or will you be taking it during the evenings and the weekends? Six, will it require you to travel? If so, are you asking the employer to pay for that travel? Now, sadly, this can be a hard one to get approval for, for a paralegal. But as much as we'd like to be able to beat up the law firm for this, we really can't if you think about how expensive travel is nowadays. If the professional development program that you want to attend is out of town and is going to require travel expenses, be sure all of your ducks are in a row before you go request attendance at something like that, because that's a whole nother level of asking them to invest. It's not impossible. You just got to make sure you're even more prepared. All right, number seven. Is this going to be occurring during the workday if it's a live event? And if so, are you going to use your PTO time or are you going to ask them to pay for your time? 
You know, this is going to take away from your time at work. That's why this next one is really important. Number eight, what is the ROI to the employer and to your attorney specifically? Now, remember, we already said, I think it was, yeah, number two, we said in number two, what is it that you expect to gain? So obviously that's important. What skills are you going to be gaining? What are you going to be taking away from the program? But this one is, what's the employer going to get from the program? What problem is it going to solve for them? Instead of just telling them what you're going to learn, be able to explain how what you're going to learn is going to benefit them. Here's a perfect example. Let's say you're a litigation paralegal who's been struggling to stay ahead of deadlines and everything's always a last minute rush, a mad dash to the finish line. Because of that, maybe there's been some mistakes in some of the work that you've done. You know that part of the reason for those last minute rushes is because your attorney waits until the 11th hour to even tell you about it. And you also know that the attorney is too busy to do on the job training, you know, the stuff that you heard about when you were in school. So you come across the litigation boot camp that I teach. Now, before you worry that this is going to be a sales pitch for my program, it's not because the course isn't even open for enrollment at this time, or at least at the time this episode is going to air. Maybe if you're listening to this in early October, maybe it is, but right now it's early September. Okay. So you find what you think is a great training program that's going to show you how to proactively manage cases. That's definitely going to benefit the attorney. But you need to go a step or two further than that when you're coming up with the ROI, return on investment. You go to the website, you get a PDF of the course brochure, and you highlight specific things that are solutions to some of the problems that you and the attorney are facing when it comes to case management. Then ask yourself, what else? Is there any other ROI? Well, it's the time that the attorney won't have to spend training you. I know, laugh out loud, Anne, because that's not happening anyways. But just because it's not happening doesn't mean that you wouldn't add that as an ROI. Because I can tell you a little secret. That attorney feels guilty that they haven't had the time to give you the proper training that you deserve. They just don't have the time. Paying for you to get the training that you need will help them feel less guilty about not having the time to do it themselves. I could ask any attorney out there, If they could get the training for their paralegals and not have to spend their time doing it, would they put down their credit card? And the answer would be yes, every single day. Another important ROI is your time. Is it going to make you more efficient? Is it going to reduce the learning curve so that you can be performing at a higher level sooner? That's also a return on investment to that attorney. Also, it's less overtime maybe that they're going to be paying for. And the clients are going to be more satisfied. In other words, what I'm trying to say is don't just look at the typical CLE course description that has three bullet point takeaways and copy and paste that into an email asking for approval. You have to dig deeper than that. And one other thing, and this is important, don't do the skip 30 second circle here on that podcast player. Yeah, I know I do that too when I listen to podcasts. This is really important. The more money you're asking them to invest in your career development, the deeper you have to dig to make your case. If you're asking them to spend $3,000 on a specialty certification, that's going to look a lot different than a $600 course. So keep that in mind. Now, that being said, I want to add another management insight here. 
Attorney professional development programs typically average two to three times the cost of any paralegal professional development program. So while it might seem like a lot to be asking them for an $800 course, I can bet you that that $800 course, a similar attorney training program, would be at least $2,400, at least. Okay, back to our list. Number eight, calculate the ROI for the attorney or the firm. Number nine, and this will be our final one, have a written career development plan that you can share with them so that they know you're serious about this. You're not just in their office asking to go to an association networking conference or a 50-minute CLE on a random topic because you need some CLE credits. You have a written plan on where you want to develop your skills, how you're going to do it, how long it's going to take, when you're going to do it, and how much it costs. And have that written career development plan extend out one to three years. I have an Excel spreadsheet that can help you get started on those. It's a career development plan that I've shared before, but maybe if you're a new listener, you haven't downloaded a copy of it. I'll include a link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you are a litigation paralegal who's looking for a way to reduce some of those last minute scrambles, I have that free free step plan for you. And that'll help you get in front of some of those deadlines and get to know your cases better. It's at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. And that's the number three. It's not written out. So the number three steps. See you next week. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.